Just a heads up, this episode features a personal story of mental health and contains themes of suicide. If this brings up distressing feelings for you, please contact the Beyond Blue support service. I first experienced bullying in year two. The school was getting ready for Valentine's Day and we all got someone's name out of a hat and we had to like write a card to them. Um, and I remember receiving my card, being very happy as you would, um, and I opened it and the person had written a Jenny Craig voucher in the card and given it to me. And I guess at that age, I didn't really understand what it was. Um, I just thought it was kind of funny because then everyone else was laughing and I thought, oh, this is, haha, it's funny. But, and as I got older and I sort of realized what that was and what that meant, I feel like it was such a young age to be set up. Um, it's something I'll never forget and you know, I'm 27 and Valentine's Day to me still sucks. Welcome to Not Alone. Incredible stories from everyday Australians talking about their mental health to help you with yours. This episode is about bullying and the scars it can leave you with long after it stops. Not all of us can identify what we want to do in life at the age of five. But for Aria, it was easy. She wanted to be a performer. If I have to think back at what young Aria was doing, it was music, it was dance, it was singing. She had a pure love for the stage and music and that's all I remember. It was something else to be on the stage performing. It was such a lovely feeling. But she was always anxious. Anxiety didn't seem like anything, for me, unusual because I was so young. It just seemed like my normal life. Aria's anxiety as a child manifested itself in different ways. One habit in particular began to take hold and urge to pull her own hair out. It's a condition known as trichotillomania and is associated with high levels of stress. And it's, it's embarrassing. And I walk around every day and I have to put eyebrows on or I have to put lashes on or I have to hide the bald spot in the back of my head. And people say, what's happened? And it's not nice to tell them that you've pulled it out and you've eaten it. There's a lot of things you can cover up, something like that you can't. It's painful, but you have to have control some way. And that was the only way I knew how. That first instance of bullying that you heard at the start of the episode in grade two, Unfortunately, that wasn't a one-off incident. Already an anxious child, Aria now had to deal with constant bullying every time she went to school. 
it was mainly verbal bullying, which I hate to say was a bit more tolerable than physical bullying. I mean, you learn to tune it out. You learn how to sift through the voices and what people are saying to you. Uh, but it did become more personal uh, with like my weight, my appearance, you know, picking on my chins was the main one. You know, like, where's your neck gone and things like that. Um, there was often times where I was called pregnant just because of my size. Uh, and I was a short kid. I was a chubby kid. I'm not going to lie about it. But there's never a reason to describe someone in that way to their face, behind their back, online. It's never okay. Walking into the classroom, I would feel this pit of nerves, this pressure, like someone was sitting on my chest, dread and fear. You want to cry and you want to hysterically laugh at the same time, but nothing comes out and it's just you numb, staring into a room of people that you don't know who's going to say what or who knows what or who's spoken to who. It's frightening and... When you do it alone is the most painful experience that I've felt. It, it feels like it will never end. I went to high school. That's when the physical bullying started. So I went on a bus every morning, every afternoon. It was a 45 minute bus trip and that was hell. Uh, there's, there's no escape on a bus. You, you have to sit on that bus for 45 minutes with these people that hate you, that would do anything to see you cry. <laughs> they would throw my bags under the bus before I got on and told me that's where I deserve to be. I understand that the people who did these things have issues of their own, but when you're going through it and at the time, those words don't mean anything. It doesn't take away what they're doing to you and it doesn't take away the pain of it and it doesn't take away the feeling and the hurt. It doesn't make it right and it doesn't make it better. Aria would find it nearly impossible to fall asleep at night. She'd lie awake, replaying the events of the day overwhelmed by the helpless feeling that tomorrow would be the same. And in the final weeks of year 10, it became too much. Uh, I had to make a choice that was quite a hard one, but seemed easy at the time as well, that the best option was to not return to school. It, it wasn't the place for me. Uh, the bullying was becoming overwhelming to the point that I, I felt numb. There's, there's a part of that time that I don't actually remember because I was just so numb and we just decided that it was best to just pull me out altogether. It was too stressful, I, not just on myself but my family as well because they, they were there for me and they had to then protect themselves while protecting me and it's, it's a big effort. It doesn't just affect one person. It's a domino. When the bullying was at its worst and Aria felt like giving up, she had two pillars of support at home. In 
throughout everything, I've had two of the most special people in my life stick by me since day one, and that's my mum and my nan. Um, I honestly believe in soulmates, and those two, those two are my soulmate. I, I have no idea where I would be without them, and I don't want to know. My nan moved in with us when we were three, and when well, when I was three. And from that day, we were inseparable. We were best friends. Uh, we would have sleepovers in her room, and she taught me how to cook. She, we would watch TV in the afternoon, and she'd fall asleep. And you know, if she if she went into hospital, I was there twice a day. Me and Mum would go twice a day. And the things that those two did for me, I could never repay them. Without them, there would be no me. Aria felt lost. Without the daily routine of school, yes, the trauma of bullying had been removed, but so too had her dream of performing. That next year, she rarely left her room. A sense of emptiness took over and she couldn't see a way out. My purpose up to until that point was school and performing arts, but now that I'd left, I didn't have music classes, I didn't have acting classes. I had no reason to get up in the morning. So I decided at that point that I didn't deserve to be here anymore. I started to sell all my belongings and give them to friends. I made notes for my mum and my nan and the people that I loved, just explaining the situation. <laughs> nothing, nothing felt good, nothing felt worthy. The sun on my skin didn't mean anything. The hug of my nan didn't fix anything. I didn't enjoy music, I didn't, I didn't want to wake up. I just wanted to sleep forever. I wanted to remove myself from everybody else's life to better them because I just felt like I was wasted. It was just pointless. I had it all planned out, how it was going to happen, what I was going to wear, where I was going to be. And then my nan asked me, what's wrong? And I broke. And I remember that day because she held me for like for an hour and just held me. And I'll never forget it. And she saved me. That woman was my soulmate. And she saved me. Aria's nan didn't have the answers, but that didn't matter. What mattered was that she was there. In her arms, Aria didn't feel so alone. And though her nan passed away a few years later, Aria has a memento that ensures she's never far away. Uh, me and my mum and nan would often watch movies together and one that really drew my nan in was The Help. 
Uh, so I've actually got the words, you is kind, you is smart, you is important, tattooed on my neck. Um, and she would often, when I'd come home upset or from school, she'd often hold me and say those words. It's, it's special to have those there that when I feel like I can't, I can't keep going or things are getting tiring and, you know, you drop your head. And I remember that that part of my body is towards the sky where she is now. And I know she'd have her hand on the back of my neck saying, come on, like, let's just keep going. You've made it this far. Let's go. What would you say to bullies who caused you so much pain? How do you tell them that the scars are still there and that they still hurt? Aria says she's not looking for apologies, but she does want them to understand that the effects of the words, the actions, the threats, they don't disappear overnight. If I could go back in time and talk to those bullies, I would tell them that what they did to me still affects me. I still live my life on the words that they told me. I value myself on what they said. I see myself as those words and that hurts. And it is something that I wouldn't wish on anyone. I shouldn't be sitting here today wondering if my chins are on show, how big my gut looks. I, I shouldn't. If they knew, I hope they'd do it again different. With the help of her mum, Aria saw a GP and was diagnosed with anxiety and depression. Hearing those two words came as no great surprise, but it did start her on a pathway to getting better. The next few years were focused on understanding her triggers and implementing ways to address them. There was the gym, walks with mum, meditation, eating better, sleeping better, and eventually she felt ready to return to what she had always felt she was supposed to be doing, performing. Only this time, the stage would be a little different. Aria had always loved watching wrestling on TV. Eventually, she gathered her courage and went down to a local wrestling gym. It was gritty, full of oddballs, and an old trainer named George. She loved it. After years of feeling like the world had no place for her, Aria finally felt a sense of belonging. George! Yeah. Oh. I missed you. I missed you. <laughs> I thought, this place is cool. This looks like somewhere I belong. Four, six, seven. Hello, and that's it. Listen, you know, wrestling. Today you lose, tomorrow you win. When I walk in, it's like walking into my home. It's safe. It's familiar. I know everyone inside is going to be loving and caring. 
in the dressing room, I'd be nervous. George doesn't just teach wrestling, he teaches respect. But when I step in the ring, I change. I'm really here. I'm really with the word. Wrestling is a dance. There's beats, there's rhythm. You feel each other's movements the same way you feel each other in a dance. All right. Mm-hmm. We are in the ring. Take me to the ropes. Hit me in the guts, hard, mm-hmm. and throw me. My mental health is a constant. It's not something that ever disappears. It might just sit in the background. But I'm aware of when it's reaching for me. And I know the steps I need to take to protect myself. It is a constant in my life, but it is not who I am. We want to say a huge thank you to Aria for being so open and vulnerable in sharing her story. We've covered a range of mental health issues and if anything has been upsetting for you, please contact the Beyond Blue Support Service on 1300 224636. We've also listed a number of resources in our show notes. This podcast was recorded and produced on Wurundjeri Country and we pay respect to the traditional owners of these lands. Thanks for listening to Not Alone.